if you open a chat app and then I want to search for, you know, IBM and I, I want to search for it maybe in the blotter and, and stuff like that. And as I'm talking to someone, I can just kind of say, hey, you know, what's going on with IBM? And then maybe, you know, AI or, or something will kind of give you some some options. Say, oh, you want to look at the chart? Oh, do you want to look at a ticket? Um, give you that predictive text. And then to be able to kind of integrate that and have those paths going from one application to the other and allowing the user to, to go on that workflow. Uh, mm -hmm. rather than just having your monoliths of different applications, you know, in, in silos and users obviously get very frustrated with having to click and open all those different applications. So it's it's really just streamlining that user experience and, and not having to worry about what FTC3 is from a user's perspective. All right, and cue the music. Is everybody in? Good. So this is the last podcast before the Open Source and Finance Forum. Uh, that is November 1st in New York. Uh, so if you're planning to attend, please uh, go ahead and email me at grizz at finos.org if you're looking for free tickets. Um, that way I'll know that you're a listener of the podcast. Plus, if you're going to be in town for OSFF um, and are already planning on come, um, please meet up with us at our Finos booth uh, that will be right in the middle of all of the sponsors and project tables and Finos Project Expos. Um, and, oh, it's near the coffee. <laughs> it's probably the most important thing. Um, so join us and uh, we're really appreciative of our sponsors as always uh, Red Hat and Databricks are two leader sponsors as well as all of our uh, contributor and community sponsors as well so uh, one of our sponsors actually is from uh, Adaptive um, and they have the Aaron uh, project um, but I spoke to Chuck Danielson and Courtney Stauffer um, recently not because they're sponsors, um, but first of all, Adaptive is uh, one of the members of the community, long time um, in FTC3, and um, uh, they are doing a talk uh, November 1st as well around FTC3. So um, I'm going to let them explain everything uh, because we do go into not only their talk, but we really go into kind of baseline of, of what is FTC3. And in fact, uh, the fact that Chuck was able to rattle off Financial Desktop Connectivity and Collaboration Consortium, um, which is what FTC3 stands for, so quickly. Um, I was actually really impressed by that because I had to look it up. All right. Um, so enjoy this interview uh, with Chuck and Courtney, um, but also, uh, again, uh, join us next week. And if you can't join us next week in person, uh, we will have videos um, from all the presentations. Uh, so join our mailing list to find out when that comes out. That is finos.org forward slash sign up. All right. Um, with that, I'll, uh, I'll see you folks soon. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing for Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today with me, I have two guests in the room, both from Adaptive. Um, I have Courtney Stauffer, uh, who's UX head of practice, US adaptive and then also check danielson web ui head of practice from adaptive as well hello folks how are you hey how's it going good um so we're gonna get right into it um and 
a whew, just less than three weeks now, um, you two are going to be in a panel uh, at the Open Source and Finance Forum. Um, and we will get into that. But before we start uh, talking about uh, UX, UI, FTC3, all the above, I want to learn about you. Um, so, um, so Courtney, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, talk about what you do at Adaptive and, and really kind of how, how you got here today? Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, so I've been at Adaptive for almost six years now. So I was one of the, uh, the first people in the, the U.S. office. So it was really cool to see how Adaptive's grown over the years. First designer in New York as well. Um, so I started out as a consultant and I'm still doing the consulting work on a day to day, but I'm also now the, the head of practice in the U.S. So I oversee uh, our UX team and also help to kind of drive forward a few different of um, few different aspects of our accelerators and things like that, where we're really focused on the workflow driven design and um, our workshop process, things like that. And I'm sure Chuck will elaborate more, but we are also really focused on uh, building out an accelerator for UI toolkit design system and, and things of that nature. So really starting to uh, shape the, the direction of our UX practice. Very cool. Um, I'm going to come back to a couple of those things in a second. But Chuck, hey, um, can you introduce yourself and uh, the same, uh, you know, what do you do at Adaptive and how'd you get here? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I've been with Adaptive uh, three years now. Um, as the head of UI web practice, FTC3 is really a large part of the UI implementation, um, big part of what I do here. Um, we work with uh, capital markets, people looking to either build Greenfield and, and as Courtney said, our uh, approach we like to, talk, to champion is workflow-driven design. So with FTC3, we really think about how we're building for the whole desktop as an ecosystem, how all the pieces are meant to work together. Uh, big picture stuff, uh, but then you get the little details uh, along the way. Um, you know, the website, uh, and, and one of my favorite things about working with, with Finos is we, we, re we really are big consumers and contributors of, of open source. Even our backend uh, accelerator product, um, uh, which is called Hydra, is built on top of Aeron, which is an open source, low latency, high frequency messaging protocol. Um, uh, we see the value of it. We love using it. And especially what we're doing as people who are delivering products, it makes it easy for us to deliver something and people know that they can dig all the way down and be comfortable with the developers we're working with. Um, and uh, as Courtney mentioned, uh, some of the accelerators and things we're doing is building on that ecosystem, going back to the UI UX side of things, uh, to create accelerators based in open source tooling so that people can, I like to say, get in a happy feedback loop, right? We want to be iterating, we want to be creating, and we want to be able to make changes quickly. Um, so, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, like writing a little code and uh, hanging with uh, the events you guys run. I, I, uh, I read my T-shirt oh, nice. today and nice. uh, very good. yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm wearing my uh, hackathon, but yes, thank you, thank you for repping. Um, and Courtney, we'll make sure that you get a shirt. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I, yeah, I would have loved to come to the the hackathon. I was that was on my list of things, but I was on maternity leave at the time. So uh, yeah, ne next year I'll definitely be at the hackathon with you guys. And you have to bring your baby, and they can wear the they can wear the axe. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so there are like three or four things I want to step back for, just because um, uh, I, I kind of told you in, in you know before we started that I do feel within Finos that 
except for FDC three, that UI UX is um, kind of separated from from a couple of the other things that are happening. Um, you know, more around you know reg. It affects reg, by the way. Uh, more around you know cloud. It affects cloud, by the way. You know, all the above. So so let's do a little primer talk for a second. And um, you said UI. You said UX. You did not explain what UI and UX is or are no yeah <laughs> to to you know the audience and, and some people you know they hear those terms all the time but can you as ui ux professionals really you know define what ui is what ux is and maybe the difference between the two because sometimes they do run uh very parallel that people think they're the same thing yeah. absolutely Courtney, you want to take that one courtney yeah i guess i can start and talk about the ux perspective and then hand it over to you uh, so I do think there are two things that go complementary. Like you said, UX and UI are used a lot of times interchangeably, but there is kind of a distinct difference between the two. Um, and they really, in my mind, you can't really have one without the other. So from a UX user experience design perspective, uh, you're, we're really establishing and understanding the users, their goals. How do you, and I, again, I mentioned before workflow-driven design, but how do you figure out how the user gets from point A to point B and what is their workflow in that? And a lot of times it's it's more so talking with stakeholders, talking with uh, users, understanding how they want to do their job and how they can do it better and really focusing on that. And then from there, moving on to a design perspective where you start to to bring all of those workflows. And we like to do something in our design world called like wire flows, where you're like, you start sketching out those, those workflow journeys, but you start adding a bit higher fidelity and stuff like that. And then you continuously are building on that to really understand, okay, is this the right path for the user? How are they going to be able to achieve their their day-to-day -day tasks using these UIs that we're building? Um, so then from there, of course, we go into more of design phase and that's design is still part of the UX realm, right? Where we start to add higher fidelity, start to prototype, things like that to really uh, make sure that we're designing for the best user experience. And then from there, that's where we start to translate and hand it over to to Chuck and his, his world of UI where they start to actually build in and make that the vision that we start, you know, in the UX area, really the dreams, the vision that that we create, make that a reality and really start to transform things. So that's kind of UX is more of the, the forefront and, and the foundation. And then we continue to build on that from a UI perspective. I'll kind of hand it over to Chuck to kind of elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I like that you use the word reality there because so as we've been preparing for the uh, the panel coming up, uh, Lise Noble from from Discover, as we started talking about things, she really brought UX into reality. And when I say reality, I mean like the physical world, right? Like think of the right. user experience when you go to a diner, right? Someone greets me at the front and I pay all that stuff. And if we think of like a starting point for I'm building an application, right? I find you, you and let's go both ways, right? If I'm Drifting in one direction, I'm going closer and closer to reality. And the other side, I'm going closer, close to let's call it a digital reality or like a hypothetical. I, I, I think the UI is that middle point, right? It is, it is the user interface, right? And then what's fun, what I really like about it is you, you, you work in bridging these things, right? So you're working to say like, I need to bring that user experience to life. So Courtney talks about the workshops and the things we run at Adaptive. That's what susses that out, right? There's a, an image, if I say it, I'm sure we've all seen it, of like how the developer designed it, how it's used. And it's like a college path. Like, and, you know, they, they walk right in between. They don't take the, the stone path <laughs> around. They take that right. shortcut and you see the grass worn type stuff. That type of thing, right? Sussing that out faster. 
you know, from the UI side, we want to be building things in such a way that think think of that same metaphor of like, well, you've poured concrete and now they walked a they walked a grass path. Legacy code, you can't change anybody. Like, do we see the metaphor here, right? <laughs> so, kind of designing and, and building things in such a way so that when think of FTC three, right? Hey, 2.0 just came out, and now I have a different way to to, to fetch data and and use it. I have a bit more of a request response uh, cycle. Right. Well, I want to be able to move quickly and change that, right? I don't want to be in cement shoes. I want to be in, I guess, cement shoes a little morbid. Uh, <laughs> I I don't want to be uh, unable to to change things. So I think UI is about uh, enabling the user experience in a lot of ways, and and uh, as as we'll see when we get further into some of the panel topics, then it really like you can do that same thought exercise of let, let's bridge it further and further into reality. It's like, no, let's bridge it further and further into the digital world. Now you have different limitations. Now, as I try to discover things on the desktop for things like a screen reader to make it more accessible, how do I plan for that? Right. How do I build right. something that way? So it's a, it's a nice uh, one, two punch. I think. All right. Now that let's uh, thank you for, for putting those in perspective as well. Um, uh, I've, I, I do remember when, when, way back when when i was a web designer um you know it was in the early days of trying to even figure out you know we were just getting into design thinking we're just getting into um you know user uh, stories and things like that even though they had you know they were everywhere else in the world you just started to pull them into the web world um so um uh, kind of good starting point and and so you know let's go a little bit into you know the talk but but not fully there. Um, and and by the way, the, the name of the talk or the name of the panel is Navigating FTC3 UX, a call for universal FTC3 UX patterns for an improved interop landscape. All right. So, so bring us from UX UI into FTC3 and interop. Um, and, and again, a little bit more primer, um, just so, you know, two things here. One, for people who do not understand what FTC3 is, what interoperability is, or desktop interoperability is. Um, by the way, I can never spell that correctly. Every single time I get the little red squiggly lines and I look at it and I go, I swear. Anyway, um, so, um, but, you know, but also, you know, as, as people come to the conference too, we want them to, you know, join your session. And so having a little bit of background um, and, and even looking at, you know, the FTC3 landscape, like I still struggle to figure out, you know, how many companies, you know, how many vendors there are, how many consultancies there are, and then, you know, you know, who are the app developers and things like that. So, so can we break down a little bit of, you know, what do you see FTC3 is what's the business value? What does it do for you know companies, um, both on the user side and then maybe on um, you know the companies that are complying to the standard? Uh, that's a lot. Let's just start there. <laughs> and what is desktop interoperability in the first place? Um, and go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> go ahead, Jack. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, let's start with interoperability, right? I think that's a, that's the simplest place to to start with it, um, and. I'm just so happy you spell these things wrong sometimes yeah. as well. Chris, <laughs> Every because... time. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I haven't gone so far as to like change my text editors to fix it for me when nope. I spell it wrong, because nope. I'll never learn that way. But exactly. Uh, maybe I'm just a, you know, but anyway. Um yeah, so so think of in, intuitively things working together on the desktop. The the old running 
example people give. And at this point, like we're so used to this, yeah. I, I, people, but yeah, obviously, but that idea of like from Google maps, I can, you know, order a car to a destination and, and all the work that goes into that, the fact that it's finding the fact that, you know, you have three different taxi apps on your phone. Right. And, and maybe in some world when like, you're writing the I mean, feasible actually with FTC three, if I wanted to write my own maps app, I could show the prices for yeah. each of those in there. Like, okay, this is what each one's going to cost you if you want to book it and things like that. Um, now, of course, let's get away from the phone, right? Cause now we're on the desktop. Um, and, and it's, it's a different experience. Um, it's, uh, then all grounded in FTC three, right? Um, Financial Desktop Connectivity Collaboration Consortium, which which I like, but it's uh, it's good. I, I think it always brings to mind W3C as I think it's, it's mm -hmm. designed to. Um, but to me, that's about a standard, and and the power of a standard I think is lost when it actually is a standard. That's to say, like I write HTML and it shows up in your browser, and I don't think twice about it because you have a browser, but that works because there's a standard, right? Yeah. Um, and especially with the size of some of the institutions that we've seen embrace FTC3, it is like a microcosm of a world, right? And, and a standard is going to allow teams across the globe to build things that work together. And it's, I think that that's, it's almost like multiplicative in a way, the power applied here, wherein let's say it's just the three of us, right? And we're all building our own, uh, we're, we're all working on some sort of application. What we've been able to do, and you can see this, uh, we have, speaking of open source, if you want to head to our GitHub, we have a Reactive Trader, which which does the FTC3 interoperability. And it's actually front to back built with our backend accelerator, but then the front front is all uh, different platforms and, and the vendors that actually, uh, you know, deploy the FTC3 containers. Mm -hmm. um, it in, in, a, in a small way, right? It allows the teams to build separate focused pieces that are designed to work together, right? So if we're building, uh, you know, an equities trading platform, the three of us and Grizz is making the world's greatest data grid, I am working on some kind of fancy pricing thing that's talking to some service and Courtney's working on the most intuitive form there ever could be for discovering and purchasing equities. We can bind those with the FTC3, right? Now then take it one layer up where a team I've never even met is building something similar and they need the world's coolest data grid or they need a very intuitive form to discover what uh equities they have available to purchase that's where i see the multiplicative in a way right we can do this in a microcosm but then it scales and, and grows up outside of that and I, I think the power in that is the open source it's the standard um courtney I'll stop myself from continuing to talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess to kind of elaborate on that from like a UX perspective, this is something like we're, when we were prepping for the panel, we started talking about it. I really like the idea of, you know, from a UX perspective, users shouldn't know what FTC3 is, right? It should just work for them. It should mm -hmm. be a seamless experience to the end user. They shouldn't have to know, okay, I have, like you said, three different applications that are all built by three different people for, for a user. That kind of end goal that we want to look to achieve is having that you know, that consistency across applications, you know, if I then open like a chat app and Symphony also is another uh, panelist that, that we have on our panel. Right. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk about that, bringing chat into the, the narrative as well. But if you open a chat app and then I want to search for, you know, IBM and I, I want to search for it maybe in the blotter and, and stuff like that. And as I'm talking to someone, I can just kind of say, hey, you know, what's going on with IBM? And then maybe, you know, AI or, or something will kind of 
give you some some options say oh you want to look at the chart oh do you want to look at a ticket um give you that predictive text and then to be able to kind of integrate that and have those paths going from one application to the other and allowing the user to, to go on that workflow uh, mm -hmm. rather than just having your monoliths of different applications you know in, in silos and users obviously get very frustrated with having to click and open all those different applications so it's it's really just streamlining that user experience and and not having to worry about what FTC three is from a user's perspective. It, it, and and back into the practical application of it, um, you know, I, I I I may have gotten this wrong when I've described FTC three, um, you know, and I do liken it to iPhone having multiple apps that, uh, sorry, or an Android um, having multiple apps that all you know seem to um, or for the most part can talk to each other, um, you know, but then you have like you know some of the apps that don't. Um, and, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about running apps right now. And like, I have a Whoop app that feeds into my Stravia and I have a Nike Run Club app that feeds into my Stravia, but I have a RunKeeper app that does not and doesn't talk to the other ones, but it feeds to Apple Health and uh, a Fitbit app. I, trust me, I use all of these just for fun. <laughs> um, that feeds into Apple Health as well, that feeds into, um, uh, there's another one. Um, so does FTC, does having the standard there allow, you know, maybe on the application side, does it allow the application writers to, you know, well, why am I doing this? How does it help the application, you know, writer um, on, you know, maybe I'm sure that there's some backend stuff, obviously, but but on the UX UI side, let's stay there. You know, how is it how is it helping somebody who's creating an app for the desktop for a trader desktop? Um, you know, how can they? I don't know. Be sure that you know they're able to pull information, or how is it talking to each other? I guess. Yeah, I mean that's the standard, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you know, uh, uh, football season, so the Mike Tomlin quote: "The standard is the standard," right? Not supposed to make sense to football quote, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Moving on, uh, right? But but uh, I, to your point, right? Like, okay, my app wants to discover various things, right? And in that same that same vein of we want to create things that are flexible, we want to create things that that can adapt and change, right? If I am writing something that point to point only speaks to your app, and your app says I have a special little thing you could talk to here, right? Here you go. Um, when a new, another app comes in, when there's more options that come along the way, if it's not adhering to a standard, I'm now writing multiple connection pieces, right? It, it doesn't scale really in any way, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, if there's a standard in place, if you if you look at what FTC3 defines, it, it will provide guidance on the shape of the data that I should use to communicate. And what do I need, right? I need a data shape and I need, a, I need to understand where to send it. Right, so the the actual implementation that lives in your containers, or runs in your browser, or your own custom agent, well, we'll do the sending and everything like that. But I just need the API. I need to know what to call, and and this is this is what we get from from the FTC three standard. Um, and it's it's to me one of one of the funnest thoughts really is it's 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 multiple ways in that as an organization again, let's go back to that you know giant ship of a of a of a company here, right? We need that internally here, right? But what about the open source person? What about someone working from home on a, on a Thursday, has some brilliant idea and makes the world's coolest little app? 
with this, you could see that on someone's desktop someday, right? If I have a web-enabled FTC3 view that's doing something, it, it gives you a fighting chance, if you will, on the desktop. And, I, you know, it's kind of the dream of open source a little bit. So I think. Right. No, that, cool. that's a good thought, too, that open standards also, in, you know, influence the usage, but also or the uptake uh, by developers of, of, of open standards help open source. Yeah. What you said. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, words not good today. Um, so, so let let's also let's go back and, and Courtney getting into you know the panel itself, navigating FTC three UX, uh, a call for universal FTC three UX patterns for an improved interop landscape. Um, if I hate to put you on the spot, but if you had like a you know an elevator pitch for this panel based on some of your prep for it so far with um, with Chuck Lease and, and Michael Lynch, from the, um, who's the other person from Symphony. Um, you know, why should why should somebody come and see this panel and, um, you know, what should they expect to to gain, um, you know, by the time they leave? OK, yeah, so I think the, the main goal for the panel is just to kind of spread the thought that, you know, UX is something that Currently, it's kind of an afterthought when it comes to FTC3, right? And really bringing light to that and, and trying to talk through some ways that we can start establish, you know, and we might not provide all the solutions, obviously, in this panel, but the different areas that we think that we could add value to and that we should really focus on, uh, like, for, exa for example, the, the digital world versus the physical world and seeing what we can kind of bring into FTC3 from there, uh, the bringing open source into UX. And when I when I say open source and UX, one example that comes to mind is again, you know, we keep talking about the iPhone, but you know, yeah. on an iPhone, if you're on any app and you click the share button, it's always a universal, you know, something slides up from the bottom of your phone, you know what to expect. So yeah. having UX patterns like that established across all of these applications. So if I click a trade button or if I click a chat button, I know exactly what the the workflow is going to be and what what will pop up in having the universal icons and and making it more accessible for the users. Uh, is really a key to kind of bridge that world. And it's, it's a lot of things I think users nowadays also expect in applications because yeah. we're so used to our phones and the way that we do things. And I think finance as a whole um, is just kind of getting up to speed on these sort of universal UX patterns that we can establish. So just kind of starting to bring all of that together and, and shedding light on the areas that we think that we could kind of help bring that workflow to the next level and really start to, to have that user experience emerge. Um, I think that's kind of the the main goal here. And again, we'll, we're going to probably give a few solutions or, or suggestions on where we think we could, could kind of add value. But I think the main goal for the discussion is really to to talk through some journeys and and talk about our experiences and what we've seen so far in FDC three and and how we can improve on that going forward. Cool. And Chuck, who 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 should attend this talk? Knowing that I, I still I still feel like UX UIs and and Courtney just kind of said it too that it's I don't know if it's ignored, but it's definitely an afterthought, um, you know, within open source. I mean, it's just like you know, talking about marketing and open source. Sometimes talking about UX and UI and marketing and open source is is you know it's a little taboo. But um, you know, so so with that, like, who should attend this talk, um, knowing that it can't just be you know people you know you can't just preach to the choir of UX and UI people like somebody else needs to come to this as well. Right. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, we will touch on a couple of technical topics there. So I'd say any, any application developers who are looking to, uh, understand how to approach some of these problems will be we'll be looking at patterns that exist in web standards and and you know i will mention that stuff a little bit right um but outside of that i think continuing that same uh metaphor from earlier kind of moving in one direction towards the real world i think ux ui it really then becomes to me like product managers uh business analysts Again, what is UX UI? Well, what are they when they're together? And why do we put them in the slash? And you know, UX UI, UI UX, they want all because that's how people feel your product, right? That's what I go and I push and I click something. Now, UX starts all the way in the back end, right? Because if I click a button and the server takes nine seconds, I'm going to go use somebody else's app, right? Sure. But most of the time, it starts in the front end, right? If I can't find something, if I can't actually use and discover features, What's the point? Like, what's all the effort going into it? And I, that, to me, is a large part of what a product owner, right, or a product manager uh, wants to understand, understand that journey. And the same thing with a business analyst, as, as someone like Courtney working with, with that group to create these wireframes and flows. I um, usually am the no person on that call, as if to say, like, technically, that's a little bit hard to do. Yeah. And that's why Courtney and I are yin and yang. She gets to be the yes. Yes. Here you go. I'll make it. We could uh, mm -hmm. let me talk to Chuck and see if it doesn't work that way. But again, it's not just her and I working with this. It's it's the, the product owners. It's it's the it's the business analysts. It's it's those people, I think, will learn a lot. And as as something you mentioned before, it's becoming even more important because regulations are yeah. here. Uh, and and that's a great thing. I think it's important that we have these regulations in place so the people are building for a more, more accessible world. Um, uh, we got ADA in the United States. Someone remind me of the name of the one coming to Europe now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the more we build a narrative around this and something we do at Adaptive is build this into our like design systems, our themes, everything that comes into it, the more you can learn to embed it from the start, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about the panel as well. Uh, you know, you're sleeping easier, you're moving faster, you're, you're always innovating. That's what I have to. Yeah, and and I think um, uh, I think that last part too about about regulation that you know um, penalties will continue to come um, and will be more harsh the less accessible your financial systems are on the accessibility side. Um, so you know, so if this goes back to this is you know this is a ux ui fdc3 inter desktop interoperability um you know panel but i mean the truth is it it kind of goes back in financial services that um they will pay attention uh if the regulators are paying attention and so this is you know this is a regulation panel as far as i'm concerned as well too um you you know you may or may not talk to it um during the actual panel but um but people who have to deal with regulation and accessibility and, you know, and, and um, you know, that's that's all part of this as well. Um, so so if if you're out there listening to this, uh, you know, maybe this is one that you should pay attention to. <laughs> so, um, uh, Courtney, any last thoughts uh, before we head out into the ether? Um, I, I guess just kind of talk about that accessibility again for one one quick yeah, second. Uh, I think one one thing that a lot of people think of too when they think of accessibility, the first thing that always comes to mind is like, oh, color contrast from like a, a UX perspective. Yeah. Oh, we have, but there's so much more that goes into accessibility than just that. And it really, 
and this is where I think UX and UI marry well together because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that's from a developer's perspective that they need to think of as well for for making all of this accessible. Um, so I just want to like again shed light on the idea of like there's a lot that goes into accessibility and we shouldn't just be thinking surface level. And, and I think that we definitely will talk a bit about it in, in our talk. And I believe Lise is also going to be talking about it um, in one of her talks as well. So it's going to be really, uh, really important, I think, to to dive a bit more into what is accessibility and, and not just surface level. And, oh, we need to make sure our colors uh, have, have enough contrast and work well together, right? So right. We'll, we'll definitely talk more about, about the details of that as well. Very cool. Chuck, any last thoughts? I quickly Googled the European one just because I don't like not being <laughs> Europe, European Accessibility Act. And it must be implemented by 2025. So it's coming around. And this has been in the works since 2011. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Other than that, uh, oh, good seeing you. <laughs> very, very excited for the panel. Um, yeah. If anyone hasn't participated in things like FinOS events, and if you haven't been to OSSF, uh, Oh, OSFF. Sorry, I was going to get one wrong. Yeah, eventually. no. It, we, we will have OSSF at there too, talking about security. But yeah, no. There you go. Yeah, keep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fantastic event, and uh, as as Greg was showing the the hackathon hoodie there, that's a that's a, an absolute blast. We we've been to a couple of those and waiting for the next one. Um, so yeah, just 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 great seeing everybody, and thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, well, uh, join us again um, uh, with Courtney and Chuck. Navigating FTC3 UX, a call for universal FTC3 UX patterns for an improved interop landscape. I'm getting better at saying that now. Uh, <laughs> and that will be <laughs> with Michael Lynch of Symphony, um, Courtney and Chuck from Adaptive, and Lise Noble from uh, Discover as well. Uh, thank you both for joining me today and um, looking forward to seeing you. And I'm going to cry a little bit in less than three weeks because that's, there's still a whole bunch to do between now and then. Um, but uh, but uh, if if, if I get to attend any um, uh, talks and panels this year, uh, this is definitely one uh, that I'm looking forward to. Um, so thanks again. And um, with that, I'm going to say uh, good day, good night, wherever you are. Thank good you. Day. Thanks.